0: All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro.
1: Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert. Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney.
0: It's a it's a couch, sort of. I mean, it's a futon. It folds down. This house sleeps more people now, thanks to this piece of furniture.
1: Right, is this new?
0: It, it was my folks. My, my, okay. my mother has this... Um, I mean, she has a kind of convenient hobby where she gets bored of her furniture and then I usually am the benefactor.
1: That is convenient.
0: Yeah. For you. Yes. Probably not as much for like your dad. (laughs) Well, especially (laughs) since he has to be the sport about it. Like he has to, he was of course the foreman in transferring this futon into this house Yeah. and I helped him, but he was still in charge. Um, He's, he's always like screwing legs on stuff and uh, right. Yeah. Good sport that he is. What a dad. Dad moves for sure. For sure. How's it going? How's your week? Uh, it's going good. Yep. Getting through it. Feeling feeling all right. Yeah. Yeah. Just,
1: uh, yeah, kind of a knock on wood. Haven't been sick yet. I have five, two young kids yesterday. Pete's kids.
0: Oh, yeah. And uh, I after I did it, I went, what have I done? When you say you have five kids or two kids... Uh, you mean they were in the office? I, hi- I high-fived them. You high-fived them? Yes. Yeah. I know. I
1: have nothing to do with those children. No, I didn't think <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there were two kids in the office, and I high-fived them. And then I looked at their faces, and they were just like covered in like like nose crusties and like right. like prime daycare february sickness they're cute kids and, and it's I, only january
0: every time i see them which is really not that often but i have exactly the same interaction i have uh with all children who are not quite real people yet mm-hmm. i'm just like how do you do fellow kids yeah it's like that it's like <laughs> oh hi there and i don't know what they, they they look at me like hi there what do you right. want me to say to that dude right or sometimes i'll just like try and play a really cool and then i regret it because i they, they don't get the irony of like oh what's up yeah (laughs) sometimes you just yeah uh Uh, there's no winning yeah you're like hey i guess you guys are probably streaming that sabrina
1: netflix show
0: (laughs) they're way too young for that show (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think i don't know kids today i was probably watching it does it feel to you like this is like the the 10th blue monday in a row i feel like it has been oh because yeah that was actually on monday right well it was it was two mondays ago it was eight days ago now seven nine days ago yeah okay it's a while ago, but I feel like every day has been a groundhog day of Blue Mondays ever since. Yeah, it hasn't been exceptionally good weather. Dreary out. It's cold. It's so cold. I decided today, in fact, that January is the worst month. It's worse than February. Mm, that's a tough one for me. Tough for me to
1: go with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I can handle post-holiday, like staying in, huddling up, but then into your second month of that... Yeah, but at least it's on like, uh, at least
0: in February, you're clearly on the way out of it. January, you're still like deep in the heart of Texas. Yeah, but plot twist for me and people like me, football's
1: done. Uh, and there's a little bit of a, oh, that was a thing that we did every week. But, right. but there is kind of the, I guess there's the looking forward to, well, how can I spend my Sundays now? And that's just about done. There's just one more Sunday of football. As of this Sunday. And it's the big one. How do you feel about the that? Super Bowl. Um, kind of indifferent. I mean, I'm excited to watch, you know, what I hope to be like a really close game. But yeah. besides that, you know, we'll have halftime, we'll
0: do all this stuff. I'm sure I'll get excited. You know what? I am pumped about it. Are people excited about the halftime show? Like I know JLo kind of had a big year, but no. what is her relevance right now? Nothing. I didn't think. No, get nominated for an Oscar and then come talk to me, J Lo. <laughs> that's right. Shakira <laughs> doesn't have an Oscar nomination either.
1: And that's a that's the real tragedy. Hey, right? there's
0: the snub. Yeah. <laughs> And, no one's talking about that. And Demi Lovato is doing the national anthem. I know that much. I saw her do the song on the Grammys the other night, and it was very good. Right. People are saying she's really uh, changed her shape. Like she's like put on weight, but feeling
1: feeling herself.
0: Oh, I I can't speak to that. I just know that she sung really well, and and, and <laughs> she sang really well. Make me sound like a real judgmental <laughs> asshole right now. I just didn't notice, but uh, okay. she. It was kind of her first big performance, like on an international scale, since. She had her, I guess we can call it an overdose. Like, she almost died there in 2018, right? And she comes back with this song, and she starts to sing it, and very quickly, like, she's too choked up to sing it, and they start it over, which actually was very classy and smoothly done. Yeah. So much that I almost wonder if it was part of the performance for her to, like, right. kind of choke in the first couple bars and then quickly start it over. Because the piano player knew what to do. He, like, she just, like, turned around and looked at him. There were no words exchanged where, like, can we start over? It was just... Okay, I'm going to start at the beginning right. again. Right, it wasn't like a full band thing where it went like ba ba ba, and then just like <laughs> stopped. Well, kind of. It was just her and the piano, and then the second time she crushed it, and it was very emotional. The Grammys were so weird because, and I never lend much credence to the Grammys. You and I have talked about that on this mm-hmm. podcast before, but it was just like literally hours after Kobe. Yeah, and it was in the Staples Center. Yeah, and so it was just it was just this very. I mean, it's very hard to find anything entertaining that day. It was a weird vibe. Yeah.
1: Um now a lot of people are talking about how Billie Eilish swept the four main categories. Yes. And
0: and there's a lot of a lot of hype about that. But She's the first person to do that since Christopher Cross is sailing. Yeah. And she's the youngest person ever to get all four main Grammy categories. But doesn't a part of you feel like what an opportunity
1: for the Grammys to do that and be like, hey, this girl seems like she's I know, I know that she has a, a good album out, but I think you could have probably said the same thing about Lord a
0: few years ago. I uh, sure. When I say a
1: few, I mean like seven.
0: I'm going to go out on a limb and say whatever we said in 2013 might be a little crazy. Uh, Billie Eilish is more talented than Lord. You think so? For sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. She's got like a she's got like a style, I guess. She's she's definitely sure. exercising her weirdness as a eighteen year old. So besides hearing that from other people,
1: I I only know "Bad Guy." Oh. Maybe another song. I have no evidence of her being like a transcendent performer. I, I believe it. I believe it because you hear like
0: I've never seen her perform. No, no. But I've heard her songs. You should put the album on on. Your phone just for the weekend and okay. like, like toss it on in the car I a gotta, couple of times.
1: Gotta go through it.
0: It's good. She's really good. All and right. you, should, you should see her. There's a clip of her doing like a little live mixing on Howard. Okay. And, and she's just, she's pretty cool. And there's also an interesting moment at the final of the four awards the other night where you can very clearly see the cameras on her. And you can see her mouthing, please don't be me. She had just won three in a row. And you really? can see her say, Please don't be me, and then they announce her name and she has to get up and accept the fourth one. And I find this I'm not the first person to point this out, but I do find it kind of sad that she so fears the pressures of, of hype and the um I mean, the certain backlash of hype, especially yeah. when you're that successful that quickly, that she'd just rather not deal with it at all and she can't even fully enjoy this exciting moment as an eighteen year old.
1: Yeah i
0: know it's um because right now like not to put you on the spot like you're also you've got your eyebrow up you're like okay really she really that good and she shouldn't have to justify that she's really good when she worked her hardest on something yeah
1: and and also it's one of those things where it's like well if she didn't want to do it she just shouldn't go but there'd be so much pressure on her to go yeah and also she's probably performing at some point i don't know yeah probably yeah and like i said it was a weird night yeah right um well, that's interesting. I wonder if we'll look back on this and be like, "Yeah, whatever happened to Billie Eilish?" We're or doing it, that with Lord, exactly. Yeah. I mean, she's she still managed to stay. Yeah, I,
0: what Greenlight was like three years ago? That was yeah, kind of the last, probably at least three years ago. The last song that we've look. Heard I don't. Here. I don't think Lord Ella. I don't think Ella's selling real estate now <laughs> or anything. <laughs> no, of course not. I think she's fine, but she's it's it would be very hard for her to come back. Frankly, I once said this about Adele because I find that Adele has, and it's never, it, it's never not proven to be very successful. But I find that she has a lot of nerve in waiting as long as she does to put it on album because I think oh, yeah. I think the world could move on without this person. Right. They won't with Adele now at this point, I guess. Right. And, and also, her music is timeless. Uh-huh. Lords was never timeless, right. and so I'm pretty sure she'd have to come back with a pretty significant uh, image overhaul and right. just general. Um, Revamp of her whole milieu in order to be relevant, and that yeah. would that would take some pretty clever marketing, not just artistry. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and I mean, Taylor Swift has done it obviously multiple times. Taylor over. Swift's
0: never been gone for three years, right? She's she's paced it pretty well. Yeah, well, in fact, her albums every time she wants to transition her image, there's always like a transitionary step in between, mm-hmm. and so like. Red is her best album, but it is very clearly the transition between country star and pop star. And right. then 1989 is a full-out pop, pop album. Right. Right. And it which one's seen as her her best album? Probably 1989. I think I think Red is better, yeah. but
1: they're both great. Sure. Um right. And the new album I'm kind
0: of uh ambivalent on, but I could probably tell you every. Better than that. Reputation. It's pretty good. Yeah. Her documentary comes out on Friday. Jen's got to be excited about that. I didn't know there was a documentary. Yeah, it's a new Taylor Swift Netflix documentary. It premiered at Sundance. Like they're they're wanting to like put a whole lot of emphasis behind this movie as like a good movie. Okay. Uh, and maybe it is. I mean, it's, I think it kind of dives into her getting back on her feet after the Kanye Kim thing, her right. finding a public political voice. I mean, it's just kind of like the basic beats. It's all propaganda, just right. the way all of these documentaries are, but I'm psyched about it. I heard sure. it's pretty good.
1: I'm really excited to see the uh Palm Springs movie that Andy Samberg's in. What is this? It's like uh it was released at at Sundance. It was actually purchased at Sundance for like the I think the highest priced movie um that's ever sold at Sundance was like $17,500,000 oh. and they sold theirs for 17,500,069 cents.
0: <laughs> oh, wow.
1: Yeah. So, I I uh I'm inter- it's kind of like a a
0: dramedy. Kind of thing. I was it's like, not a doc. Like a, no, no. Okay. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. So, cause Andy Samper has been, I mean, I guess he's been in Brooklyn nine, nine, but he's been quiet cinematically.
1: Yeah. Other than, um, what was the most recent kind of like paired? Oh, they did the bash brothers in the, in the summer. Was that just like one of his little straight to TV? It was a Netflix thing. That was, uh, basically a musical. Uh, I think you saw it. I don't remember it's, it at all. It's, a.
0: I saw the Tour de France one.
1: Yeah. He's supposed to be Jose Canseco. Oh. And uh the other guy, not Yorma Akiva, is supposed yeah. to be um Mark McGuire. Oh when they both played on <laughs> on the Oakland A's and they're like taking That's steroids right. and stuff. Yeah, and you did the, tell me about the, this. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I didn't watch it. Oh, you should. Okay. Yeah, it's It's just a, if you just want a pointless barrel of laughs, it's them rapping about being those characters for a half an hour.
0: I asked Peggy the other day if she'd ever want to go to Sundance. Okay. I think that might be kind of cool or incredibly pretentious. I don't know which. It might be really overwhelming and stupid or it might be awesome.
1: There'd be a lot going on there.
0: Yeah. I'd want to have some like, you know.
1: I'd want to take a couple days and go like skiing too, and then be like, "Oh, I'll go catch a documentary here." And of
0: course, but it might be one of those things where, in order to get the really, um, the really choice executive experience of Sundance, you have to be more credentialed. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. you're just going to spend like 24 hours waiting in a lineup for a movie you might not get to see. Totally. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but I think Sundance. If you're going to see one,
1: Sundance is kind of the one to go to. You're not going to go to like Con. No,
0: no. Well, and, God. and why else would I go to, is it Aspen? Is that where it is?
1: Yeah. Thereabouts. Aspen or Boulder. Yeah. yeah.
0: Why else would I go there? Except right. it looks so cool. Yeah. And I don't ski. Yeah.
1: I, uh, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, you could still take like a gondola up into the mountains and that'd be kind of neat.
0: Yeah. I mean, I could take like a little class or something. That's probably something I should do in this life. Learn to ski at least a little.
1: Sure. I know someone who can teach you. Hmm?
0: I know someone who can teach you yeah
1: okay you were agreeing with that yeah um oh what was the other thing okay I think when we were talking about Snowpiercer last week um you asked me what do what do I have any idea what that was and I said I thought it was like some cyberpunk novel yeah I've since learned that Snowpiercer was actually Bong Joon-ho's first movie okay and that is actually the one that's becoming a Netflix show as well or it's becoming a a show that's going to be distributed somewhere
0: else they're making a show based on that movie so it's not Parasite I think it's also Parasite dude with Adam McKay really unless it's Adam McKay is also working on Parasite or is also working on Snowpiercer I need to do a little background on that because the article I read definitely said it was specifically Parasite and that's what everybody was so mad about because it's right there yeah yeah
1: Oh, interesting. If he's develop he yeah, if he's using more IP to
0: develop into TV shows well, it's he, a stranger things. Yeah, he might have multiple irons in the fire and he probably should. Yeah, Bong Joon-ho really becoming one of the folk heroes of this Oscar season. I people, find this really interesting. People really dig in his energy. Like he's constantly taking photos and stuff. He wants to remember everything. Oh, cool. See, I, okay, I know nothing about that part. I will say
1: since we last spoke, I saw Parasite yeah, I don't know if we talked about that at
0: all. We didn't talk about it at length because it's very important to me that and I haven't seen it yet. It's yeah. very important to me. I know nothing about this movie going in and and that was the same with me. and i uh, I don't know i
1: I'm not sure if I don't if i I'm not sure why I didn't quite appreciate it, but you're not, not getting best picture vibes from it. Not for me, but a lot of people are. A lot of people are saying it's like the greatest masterpiece they've ever seen. Which well, it's going to be either Parasite or
0: 1917 that wins Best Picture.
1: Yeah, there's there's no. I I mean, I'm kind of camp 1917 right now. Yeah, but you know, I I Radiohead's in uh in Rainbows was one of my favorite albums of like the
0: last 20 years. But it took me like three years to appreciate it i really appreciate something that i had to work to enjoy yeah i can't think of a great example of that right now but like sometimes it's really really enriching to to come around on something yeah because i want to like things yeah the criticism of 1917 is that it's just so obvious to pick a movie like this to be best picture yeah and you and i saw it together and it's really good like i mean it's a it's a great thriller it's quite a watch Mm -hmm. um i don't think it's the best movie of the year if you were to remove all of the politics of the Oscars and what you think expectation means when it comes to the the honor of Best Picture and all the movies you've seen this year and I'd like you mostly to focus on movies that are actually Oscar contenders, mm-hmm. what do you think deserves to win best picture
1: the the movie that I reacted to the strongest was honestly probably uh, so even just outside the the world yeah of sure Oscar stuff well just because we've been so into it lately, my immediate response is JoJo Rabbit. I really, really love that movie. I had such a strong reaction yeah. to it. I just thought it was kind of a perfect movie for me. That's that's so cool because it's it's also
0: very divisive that movie. I yeah. loved it too. Yeah, I know. And and we, we both don't think it's gonna get best picture, but could win best original screenplay. That's yeah. kind of what it's in the running for. Yeah. I just yeah.
1: thought everyone in it was so good and so funny and such a like dark story.
0: Uh, the best friend, the cute little—I think his name is Georgie in the movie. Yorkie, uh, Yorkie. Yeah. He's the new Kevin McAllister.
1: Oh no way! Yeah,
0: for Disney Plus. They're doing a Disney Plus version of Home Alone. Yep, rebooting Home Alone once again.
1: And it's—it's it's a movie, not a series.
0: No, it's—I think it's a movie. I think they're redoing the movie series. Yeah. Yeah. Like they'll start with one and see if they can take it from there. Well, he was so funny and it so like, he funny. Was- Fantastic. (laughs) That's a great time to be a Nazi. Not a good time to be a Nazi. (laughs) He
1: he says, "Uh, It turns out it was the Russians we had to worry about. Apparently they have sex with dogs. We don't need them coming in here and having sex with our dogs.
0: (laughs) Just sold every line. Yeah. Yeah. He, He killed it. I think, I mean, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood might be technically the best movie I saw this year. I think Marriage Story is still the movie I've I've had like the most like long-lasting effect yeah. from, and Irishman. Mm-hmm. But I've seen Marriage Story twice now, and I can't say that about any of the other big Oscar contenders.
1: Okay. I dig that. Yeah. I dig that. I, I liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a lot, too, like big Tarantino fan. I just thought it moved a little slow in parts for my liking.
0: Most boring actor's race in Oscar history. All four of these categories are already written on the wall. Right. Any one of these four main people not winning their Oscar on February 12th would be a huge upset. It's going to be Joaquin and Renee and Brad and uh, Laura Dern.
1: What What day is it?
0: February 9th or 12th? I can't remember which. Whatever the Sunday is of that week.
1: I should parlay that with some uh, Super Bowl bets. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I would be kind of. I feel like picking the favorites. It's the one time of the the year I put 20 bucks on an app and see what happens. Let's do it. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, it's kind of boring this year.
1: I know. Well, we could add all the more interesting for a year to take upsets. I guess that's true. Go for some upsets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who would be an
0: upset that that is actually plausible? In the actress categories? Yeah. I could see Scarlett winning for Marriage Story over Renee. Yeah. And Judy. I could right. see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, th- I think once upon a time, Adam Driver also could have won over Joaquin, but I don't think that'll ever happen now. No. I also think Brad Pitt is written. Right. Um, I think in the acting, that's, I think that's about it. I think, I think Greta can win for best adapted screenplay. Yep. I think Taika can win for best original screenplay, if not Noah. Oh, I saw Little Women, by the way. Oh, yeah. What'd you think? I liked it. I loved Little Women. I liked it. Beautiful movie.
1: I have some things to ask you about that movie afterwards.
0: Uh, You don't want to do it on the record?
1: Yeah, let's do it on the record. Sure. Um, At the end of the movie, are we supposed to actually believe that um, Saoirse Ronan does go the way that her book says, like that everything actually happens that way? Or is it supposed to be left in the mind of the viewer? Of Oh, is this how she wrote it in the book?
0: And this is... uh, When she chases the guy to the train station? Yeah. I think she goes. I don't know how it relates to the novel Little Women. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it is kind of that classic narrative trope, where in the end, our lead character, who happens to be a writer, writes the story we've been watching all this time. Right. But she the
1: the story that she wants to write is no, that's it. She she ends up opening a school, and he's like, no, she has to chase the guy, and she's like, no, I don't want that to
0: well to happen. The only reason I don't the only reason I don't think that's just in the book is that it's at first presented as a uh, misogyny that if you're going to write a story where the main character is a woman, she either has to end up married or dead in the end. Right. And so in order for him to win that argument in the end, the movie kind of has to go back on its thesis that women are valid. Right. <laughs> and so I think it's better storytelling if in the end she ends up not married, but with the guy or right. a guy mm-hmm. uh, because joe has decided saoirse ronan has decided ah hell sure that's a good ending because it is a good ending right it's not it's she's not choosing to have her main character end up single out of any kind of political reason she she or yeah do you know what i'm trying to say i know i know what you're trying to say because i'm not saying it well that's for sure sure. so i
1: think my take on it where is it where it was kind of scanning back and forth from her like getting the print of the book. At the end of the movie, she's holding the print of the book by herself, staring out a window. Yeah. But it's kind of panning back and forth. So I didn't know if that was supposed to be fantasy, her running away with the actual... I mean... Do you see what I'm saying? Does that...
0: Nothing else in the movie is abstract, right? That's true. And the 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 book Little Women isn't written by an author named Josephine March either. No. Right. So... So no, I think that she, I think, I think the heartbreak in the romance is that she doesn't end up with Lori, right? right yes. And Amy does instead. And that's, and that's how life moves on. And it doesn't exactly turn out the way you thought it would. Right. But there's someone for everyone. And no matter how committed you might be to your, your ethics and your principles, everyone needs to be loved. That's what Little Women seems to be about in the broad sense. That's right? a good breakdown. Yeah. That's a good breakdown on the fly for sure. I, I. I like that. So it's my understanding that the biggest difference with this movie and other adaptations of the novel is that traditionally Little Women is told um, in two main halves. And okay. so the first half, they're young. They're like teenagers mm-hmm. becoming women. Very Little Women. They're very little women. And then in the second half, they're slightly older Little Women and they're adults and they're like developing young lives. Right. And in this iteration, it goes back and forth. And so you might have noticed in... The scenes where they're younger, it's shot with quite a warm lens, and when they're older, it's shot with a colder right, it's lens. Very dark. Yeah, and so that's that's the big difference, and that's the innovation of the writing, the adaptation in this movie sure. is is that it it cuts back and forth a lot. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Odenkirk in that movie? Because that's kind of the biggest catch, where he just kind of takes you out of it. So weird. Yeah. What
1: a weird cast. It's it's not like he delivered anything extra to it. Right. It's like. Greta Gerwig was like, "Bob, would you be in this movie for me?" And he's like, "Sure, yeah, I'm, I'm down to be in a Greta Gerwig movie." It'd be
0: like if you're watching like Lord of the Rings, and suddenly there's Pam from The Office, you're like, right? Why are you here? Why is she just serving beer behind this like weird <laughs> bar? Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, the totally Shire. Agree this is that. Pam, and he's also like a pastor, and like,
0: and he wears the silly hat, the Civil War hat. Yeah. Now I was. I was out on that's that. that's the only part that didn't work otherwise and I adored that movie. I
1: forgot about the supporting actress category and I looked at Jen and I went please don't tell me that Meryl Streep is nominated for this because if she if she is nominated it's just ridiculous and then wins like be- she's they not would, they would have done it just because it was Meryl Streep well
0: that's happened a few times before right don't forget Ricky and the flash it's happened before but uh Florence Pugh who plays Amy in I think it's Amy uh she's nominated for for best supporting actor in this movie. Okay. Cool. She's the one from Midsommar. I didn't know what she was from. Okay.
1: I I I have no intent to see Midsommar but maybe I'll end up seeing it at some point. She's
0: one of the ingenues right now of Hollywood apparently. Okay. I told you I got like queasy just reading the plot summary for Midsommar. Yeah,
1: yeah, you did. You went through like a Wikipedia page. Yeah, no, thank you. It's too much.
0: No, thank you. So David Schwimmer's in a little bit of Hot Water this week. The Swim Dogs. Probably going to blow over but I guess he just got sick of having to answer the question about diversity in Friends, which has kind of always been something that it's criticized for. Right. And he started off really good in his defense (laughs) of the show, and then he just went too far. Okay. And so he started off by saying, look, I think these are valid criticisms, but I want to point out that Friends is maybe not, like, wholly as guilty as some people say. Yes, it was a predominantly white show, but, like, in the character of Ross... One of his very early girlfriends was an Asian woman, and one of his later girlfriends was an African American woman, and, and in both of those cases, I really lobbied to have those people cast for that reason of inclusion and representation. So that's great. Okay. <laughs> Everything he said there I was like, like, "Yeah, I don't okay. see a, a serious good. issue with that yet." Okay, okay good. And uh, then he just started complaining about how it's it's good the way it is, and he he kind of got into. Uh, It was a different time, which is never really an effective argument these days. And then he goes so far as to suggest maybe the best way to make people happy would be to reboot Friends with an all-black cast, which is not really what people want, especially since the show Living Single came before Friends, and it was Friends with a black cast. It was like, it came first. Friends is arguably a reboot of Living Single, but with white people. Who's in Living Single? Uh, Queen Latifah Uh, is the obvious one. It was just like the, just a little bit before. It was like 1992 uh, and it's like six people living in New York having relationships. Your love life's DOA. Right. So he's in a little hot water because of I like, mean, it's going to blow over. Right. But he just it's one of those things. Shut up. Just stop talking. Right. Maybe it's good my sister kicked the back of his chair. She did? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah.
1: She didn't do it vindictively, though. No, she did. She he was doing something annoying, but she didn't realize it was David Schwimmer. Really? Yeah. Was he just
0: like moving around a lot? He was like,
1: uh, talking or like, like, like doing something kind of obnoxious. And I think she said she like booted the back of his chair, and then he got up at intermission. She was like, "Oh my god, that's David Schwimmer.
0: Ooh, that's hundred millionaire television icon David Schwimmer." Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, she did what she did. Hey she's okay with it should she be nicer to him just because he's famous no i don't think so
1: yeah maybe not maybe she
0: if she knew it was david schwimmer she would not have kicked his chair i'll put it that way well that's true of all of us yeah right emilio estevez is coming back to play the coach once again in a mighty ducks reboot for the Plues. coach bombay yep for the Plues. why do they call it the ploose because it's hilarious disney ploose
1: yeah (laughs) Um, well, that's good. That's some original content that I want to see on
0: Disney it's, plus, which is currently just it's by definition, not original. content. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> new, uh, new plot. Of sure. It's something new re- reused yeah. IP right
1: but i want to see more on disney plus that i can stream i'm kind of going through like the documentaries i think
0: well it's very important that they don't make the same mistake that girl meets world did like and and they will because they're disney and it's probably the same problem they're having with uh the lizzie mcguire show which is in limbo right now did you hear about that no so that obi-wan yeah well we'll get to obi-wan in a second right but the, the, problem with, the problem with, I think, Disney is that they're so hung up on their principles and their family-friendly nature that they forget that they have created PG-13 content before and it lives right now on Disney+. Plus Yeah. Uh, Boy Meets World as a reboot would have been so much better if they had continued for the same audience because instead they made this show that was for the original age uh, target of the original program and filled it with all of this random context that mattered not to that t- uh, age target, to right. that demographic. And I think that's the problem they're having right now with Lizzie McGuire, which was coming back as a reboot. And then the showrunner, the original creator, uh, Lizzie McGuire, quit uh, because of creative differences. Right. And so that show's just kind of up in the air right now. And I right. think it's probably because these creators are like, no, we should really be making a show for the same audience right and, we want to see lizzie mcguire as a mom we don't want to see her kid
1: doing the same thing that lizzie mcguire did like inherited thought process and
0: not to torch the metaphor but like boy meets world was successful for seven years which is a lot longer than a disney show normally is right because the tone of the show aged with the original audience of the show that's mm-hmm. so why i've talked before about how like towards the end it was kind of like a 20 something right. sitcom it was still a little little sanitized but it was edgier than it was when it was about an 11-year-old. Yeah. And I think Lizzie McGuire's going to have that problem, and I think Mighty Ducks could have this problem, too. They should really make a movie for us. I'm not saying they have to, like, say the F word.
1: Yes, they definitely don't.
0: But th- I think they probably will make that mistake.
1: <laughs> I'm just picturing them, like, the C word also being a thing. Like, <laughs> Coach Bombay just looks over at the other coach. He's like, oh, man, that
0: guy's a real C word. <laughs> <laughs> We're just like, whoa. That'd be pretty wild. Coach Bombay. Weirdly, Mighty Ducks is in the news... Uh, doubly today okay but for also really sad reasons i forget the guy's name but like you know one of the kids like grew up to have like a lot of problems sure he doesn't even I don't look, know which i forget his name is, but but he was kind of like the chubbier kid and he had like curly hair oh yeah yeah yeah. and uh goldberg yes yeah uh, he got arrested yesterday for like breaking into someone's house on meth. Uh, yeah that sucks he's unrecognizable really yeah damn it's pretty sad damn goldberg the obi-wan show is not exactly in limbo Okay. Not exactly. Is it kind of somewhat recovered? Oh, it's fine. It's still on schedule. Oh, okay. Just just right now they're not working on it. So it was like very dramatically stated in the press that like the crew was sent home. They are ahead of schedule. They're good. Right. What they did was decide they're going to go back to the drawing board because they didn't like the scripts they were working with. For one reason in particular, uh, it was too similar to the mandalorian Mm -hmm. and so we have this kind of like grizzled old guy who's decided to be a loner on a desert planet who is also going to spend some time watching over this younger lad right which i mean in this case would have been luke skywalker but like baby luke is not going to be as cute as baby yoda and so just tonally it was going to be a little too similar and so they decided they need to take a second look at these scripts and, and start from scratch they should do the opposite thing and cgi baby
1: luke So they, like, rather than CGIing baby Yoda, they made him, like, kind of a a, a puppet. Right. Maybe they could CGI baby Luke to be even cuter somehow.
0: Maybe they could use that Irishman anti-aging technology to to (laughs) make Mark Hamill, like, a (laughs) two-year-old. His head is massive. (laughs) I swear I see hints of a beard Uh, on that infant.
1: (laughs) This is pre, uh... (laughs) what, What was it that struck him in the face? In, uh... Empire, Empire Strikes strike Back, the Wampa, the Wampa.
0: Yeah. Pre-Wampa strike. That was written because Mark Hamill was in fact in a bad car accident. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he actually looked different.
0: Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't notice that until somebody told it to me. Mm-hmm. Cuz yeah. as a kid I watched Star Wars and I was just like that's the same guy. Right. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't have known the difference. No, I wouldn't have. Yeah. Um
1: there was a uh, something else that I wanted to talk about but can't quite remember. Mm-hmm. Any other any new tv shows that you've watched besides the shows that were
0: no i've been struggling with tv becky tried to put on well she did put on cheer yesterday and i couldn't get into it no it's not really what i thought it was like it's not it's not really trashy like i kind of thought it was it's just this docuseries about really driven uh cheerleaders like in this really brutal sport and like it's so competitive and they live for it and they're like literally putting their necks on the line every time they climb the pyramid. And right. I just, I just don't care that much. It's not bad. No, it's
1: interesting. It's just kind of not interesting enough for you. Not, not for me. Yeah. What'd you think of Saturday night live? Really great. Yeah. Adam yeah. Driver needs to, to host at least once a year.
0: I think, he, I think he's going for it. It's so interesting. Cause I can't figure out if, if he's like really, sh- I mean, he's definitely got a bit of an awkwardness to him. Well, the whole thing about him, not like walking
1: out of the radio interview because he didn't want to watch or hear himself on screen. Oh, yeah. I didn't see
0: this. Did you see it? Nobody's seen it. Oh, okay. It's it's tabled. It's Fresh Air with Terry Gross. And the thing you have to understand about Terry Gross is that she loves Stephen Sondheim. Okay. She, anytime, like, someone's project has even, like, the faintest connection to Stephen Sondheim, that's what she wants to talk about. Oh, interesting. And so in Marriage Story, he sings Being Alive by Stephen Sondheim from Company. And she wanted to play a clip of that moment in her interview, which by the way is a mistake. It is one of the emotional climax emotional climaxes of the movie. It's, it's weird. You uh, shouldn't spoil it. Yeah. Um, and he didn't want to have to listen to it. Like this is it's not uncommon for these actors to not even like watching their movies. But yeah. like something so vulnerable as him singing a song while he's on the radio is uncomfortable. Um, it should have been cleared probably ahead of time. Yeah. Like it should be it should be said ahead of time that Adam doesn't want that. It was it was painted in the media like he like threw his headphones on the table and bailed. Right. But another thing about Fresh Air is that Terry doesn't interview people in the same studio as them.
1: Oh. She, she's in
0: Chicago or Philadelphia, Philadelphia, I think. Um. So and they're in a, like a no little one separate booth. All the interviews are done via ISDN, oh. and that's why sometimes you can hear a bit of uh, a voiceover echo when you're listening to Fresh Air. Right. You can hear. Someone delayed in the headphones of the other person because they've layered the audio. Yeah. Um, And so he just wasn't there when they came back from playing the clip because he started to have an anxiety attack and he had to go to the sidewalk. Right. And then they moved on with the show. Really? So. So is it live? Is it not
1: pre-recorded?
0: No. no.
1: It's pre-recorded, but like. So they just came back and were like,
0: oh, he must have left. Couldn't they just covered this up? I'm not sure what you want them to do. He he couldn't go on with the interview because he was being forced to listen to himself right? singing I just on mean, national radio. How, was, it, was
1: there not enough interview done at that point where it could have just been like, and that was Adam Driver. Yeah, We maybe, thank him for coming on the show.
0: Maybe right. at some point they'll say, we're going to let you listen to a portion of this, but it does end kind of abruptly because he unfortunately left early. I think in order to do that, they'd have to say, maybe it was a little unfair of us to to force him to listen to this mm-hmm. thing that we hadn't cleared ahead of time. Right. I, and I don't think they'll do that. I kind of liked how the monologue kind of leaned
1: into him. Uh, being intense. Being, yeah. Yeah. Being intense and almost kind of jerky. But Like he was just like, well, yeah, whatever, I'll do it.
0: He's very silly in these things. Yeah. Like the, the digital short, um, taking it slow. Right. Like he's clearly willing to be a real goofball yeah. on SNL. He's also really good at it and that he doesn't read cue cards. So obviously as many guests and many cast members for that matter. True.
1: Where they're completely looking in a separate direction from where the other person is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good up. Did you hear about the Mean Girls Broadway show? Nope. So like 16 years ago, a movie comes out called Mean Girls. Okay. I know this part. Yeah. You knew that. (laughs) And uh, people liked it, but like over time it's found its place in like the canon of like essential cult comedies of a generation really good and then they made a broadway musical with original songs by tina fey's husband Mm -hmm. and it's been quite successful obviously as well right and now they're adapting the musical into a film (laughs) and so it's returning to its original format still with presumably the the same story eating its own tail the same story about katie heron except with songs now right what do we think of that I think it's a little overboard. I think it's a little overboard.
1: Well, they did the same thing with School of Rock. Do you think School of Rock will come back as a
0: musical? Yeah, like a film musical. Yeah. See, like for the same reason, I don't think it's a good idea for for Mean Girls. I think that's a very bad idea. It was it, you can't just And it was cra- Andrew Lloyd Webber who did it. The music? Yeah, he he,
1: he adapted the. Uh, yeah, he did all the music for the movie, I guess. I mean, I guess or he did
0: write like rock musical. operas before. Yeah, but it just seems like a very bad idea. Like if you're gonna do a School of Rock musical, you should have music that's like based on Led well, Zeppelin. Well, hey, Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, does not
1: release any movies. There's no bad ideas for him like clearly he's never he's never made a mistake
0: all alw adapted films are really right yeah Yeah. (laughs) and haven't been trashed at all
1: i kind of want to see it ironically now
0: just yeah just for the spectacle of cats yeah Yeah. i feel like
1: i'd be into it yeah (laughs) like even a shitty musical is kind of an enjoyable musical
0: i don't know if that's true i think the music in cats is kind of bad
1: oh you do well
0: i think even before this movie like musical music theater people were like, "Cats isn't that good, right?" I don't cats think there are weird. I don't think there are cat stands. What do you mean? I don't think people stand cats. I don't think that it's like, I don't think that it's a a musical. Anybody says that's my favorite one. Oh,
1: gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I thought you said cat stands.
0: C a n s. You know what the people say now? Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: No, I I don't know. I'm not familiar with this term yet, but I'm going to listen back to this in two months and be like, ah, I really
0: blew it with not knowing what stands were. Maybe. I just call them heads. Yeah, there's no cat heads. No cat heads. I don't think there's any cat's heads out there. No. But I hear what you're saying. I kind of want to watch it too. The Mean Girls one is a bad idea. School of Rock one. Because you can't can't, um, manufacture scrappiness. That's what's cool about Mean Girls and School of Rock. These movies, by their premise, well, Mean Girls, I guess their premise is fine. The comedy rose above and it's a really watchable movie school of rock in particular the premise is outrageous that movie shouldn't have been good right but it was
1: yeah yeah it's true i haven't watched school of rock in a long time but it's one of those movies that i i watched
0: double digits in oh junior yeah high me too for yeah. sure nice. uh you know betty gilpin from glow no and nurse jackie she's really excellent she's gonna play ann coulter in american crime story impeachment okay I don't know how much Ann Coulter is going to be involved in that story. I don't remember the events of that. But anyway, um, she's much too likable to be Ann Coulter. Mm. And Green Hornet was just re They're going to do <laughs> another Green Hornet reboot. Honestly, it's a uh, it's a, a comic book movie that should be good. I guess. I think. I guess so. I think it's got an interesting premise. I don't know enough about Green Hornet. Does it have a good premise? What's the
1: premise? uh you're putting me on the spot now but i remember enjoying it at the time like i watched this i watched this in probably 2012 when it came out when it seth rogan
0: did his version i yeah. thought it was okay i remember the crossover episode of the green hornet and adam west's batman yeah with bruce lee as kato i remember that
1: N- yeah no i don't remember that part
0: that's that yeah that's my touchstone well is that a marvel or a dc i don't think property? it's either it's just its own thing yeah huh cool well uh, sign me up i'm team green hornet well it was just optioned on its own right yeah like it's it would be a part of those it would be a part of some kind of greater universe right some like bigger intellectual package like in in another universe i'm just saying it it doesn't it's not it's not currently being managed by either warner brothers or disney it's some some new studio has just gotten the the gotcha the option for it so i don't think it belongs to those families interesting maybe it'll go dark maybe <laughs> maybe it'll be the new watchman Yeah, that'd be okay yeah watchman's not coming back did we talk about that on the podcast i think we did i'm okay with it it's most likely not coming back i mean lindelof's not coming back no
1: no and i think honestly hbo said like that's it for Watchmen. it's a lot
0: of self-control yeah i'm pretty impressed yeah want to talk about shows let's do it okay uh i don't know whose turn it is but you can go first if you like if you want to pick Okay, cool. Um maybe I'll
1: do Avenue 5 because of how uh, basic it is to recap.
0: Okay, recap <laughs> the first episode of Avenue 5 in 3, 2, 1, go. So we're
1: 40 years in the future. Avenue five is a uh, intergalactic um, recreational cruise. Uh, It ends up going off course when uh, uh, something happens with one of the engineers outside and ends up uh, it's supposed to be out in space for three years. Hugh Laurie ends up not actually being the captain. He seems he's not actually uh american he's british and uh no one really knows what the hell is going on and they're trying to make all the passengers at ease right so there's some kind of
0: technical glitch yeah and the real captain dies right and so hugh Laurie is kind of pretending to be the captain to just keep things right but he's, shape, so he's always speak. kind of been the
1: like face at, of the captain but right. without actually being the captain
0: right and so they're, they're going to be kind of stranded for the next three years and mm. all hell is breaking loose and yes Zach Woods is kind of playing, I guess, like a PR person. He's supposed to just kind he, of manage the crisis. He's supposed to be the crisis. manager of
1: customer service.
0: Right. Yeah. And he's not good at that. And he's not good at that. He's constantly telling people,
1: like, rude things. Right. And whether that's accidental or intentional, it, it, I'm hard... I, I find it... Diff- I found him to be one of the funniest characters, but I also found it hard to figure out whether he was since being sincere or sarcastic or... He's really good at actually that. Actually just,
0: that, like, that, panicking. That, that was Gabe in the office. Yeah. And in general... I don't think Zach Woods gets enough credit for his impact on TV comedies of the last Well, Silicon Valley, 10 he years. was fantastic. In fantastic. His, and where is his movie career? He is so funny.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hope, I hope he gets there. Um, there were some of, some crossover writers from Veep on yes. this. Yeah. There were some heavy-headed. Hugh Laurie was in it.
0: We had Zach Woods, too. Josh Gad is in it. Josh Gad. Who I don't really like very much. What did you think of this show? Uh, I thought it was not built to last. Did it suck? Yeah. (laughs) It sucked. I don't know. Like it had a couple of funny lines. I kind of liked when Zach Woods said, I'm a nihilist. And someone says, no, you're not. And he goes, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I thought that some of it was kind of clever. There were
1: a couple lines and I've watched two episodes so far. Mm -hmm. There were a couple lines that I think I had out loud laughs at. And other than that, I'm like
0: watching, just waiting being like am i supposed to be laughing at this i liked uh captain we just broke the record for largest yoga session in space and he says great who did we beat yeah right i thought that was funny i don't know like for for what it just feels a little bit run of the mill to me it kind of reminds me a little bit of that show miracle workers the daniel uh radcliffe show that we watched last year that no one has talked about since right um it just kind of feels like a thing that like might be on for two seasons, but cuz it, cuz it maybe gets the occasional critic excited. Yeah. But for the most part it's nothing we haven't seen before. I don't think this show can coexist with The Orville. Right, The Orville. We were trying to figure out that name the other day. Um and just in general, uh TV comedies that are set like 30 years ahead of where we are because ultimately they want to be like some kind of satirical take on existentialism. Right. Are kind of a dime a dozen now
1: and it weirdly feels like everything is a bottle episode because it it all takes place on the ship That's a very interesting idea. Yeah. Like it's it seems weird. I've watched 2 episodes so far and I'm thinking is this just a movie? Yeah. I don't know. It's it's really I'm going to check out soon, but I can at the same time picture like 2 years from now people going like, "Oh no, Avenue 5 gets so good." Kind of like they did with Parks and Rec. And I checked out first season of Parks and Rec.
0: I think Avenue 5 is a bad name for it. Yeah. I don't think it's clear enough what it is. <laughs> we're trying to 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 revamp
1: what a good name for a show is. And we're we're totally between don't call the show Captain Hugh Laurie or whatever his name yeah, would be. Don't call your show Steve. Because d- yeah, d- it's
0: about a guy named Steve. Don't call it's a it, fucking terrible
1: idea. Don't call it a name. Don't call it like intergalactic travel don't be so on the nose with it but also don't be so obscure <laughs> yeah that like if you talk to anyone about avenue five they'd be like no what, what is that? that one about yeah. is that is that like a spin-off of sesame street
0: right yeah No, know i don't even until I put it on, I didn't really know what it was. Like right. you suggested we do this show on the podcast and you're like, hey, it's about space and we're also going to talk about Picard. So that's a good pairing. And I, I guess it kind of is because everything comes from Star Trek. Right. But it, I I didn't know what to expect. And so then like, immediately it just oh, reminded cool. me of Miracle Workers and The Orville.
1: Which I, I actually found Miracle Workers 90% funnier than this.
0: It was more creative for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but forgettable. But forgettable. Although, like, I
1: quoted some lines from the first episode to one of my friends, and he
0: was basically crying laughing. From Miracle Workers? Yeah. It was written by Simon Rich, who's like an SNL yeah, guy, who's he, it, like a Mulaney buddy. Yeah, and he's a big Simon Rich
1: fan, too. Yeah. Um, so I was just, like, kind of, like, acting out a scene from it, and he he was Buscemi's really good in that show. He is really good. Yeah.
0: And Hugh Laurie should be similarly good. Like he should be able to pull off exactly the same thing that he's essentially the same kind of actor as Steve Buscemi. What did you think about the
1: the British to American accent flex that he's going to have to keep up for however long this show goes on? Is
0: through? it a meta commentary on Hugh Laurie? Yeah. I
1: I think he's like, I think it's kind of showing that he had to do this for
0: house. Yeah.
1: And now he's
0: yeah. It's just kind of a gag about how like what a what an incredible flex that was for six years on host. And and it was so um jarring to people who didn't know him as a British actor right. when he would then speak with a British accent. Did you think that he was kind of getting a little
1: lazy with his accent at certain points throughout before he did the <laughs> full tirade? Because I did. We were like, Okay, that actually sounded a little bit British. On the subject, what did you think of Emma Watson's accent in
0: Little Women? Oh, yeah, Jen Jen commented at one it's point. terrible. Oh, this is just full. She's British. She's not even trying. She's being British. <laughs> Which is actually maybe it's better that she's not trying because sometimes in the past she's tried too hard and it sounds and, way worse. And it's like, in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> well, she played like a valley girl in the bling ring and that's already kind of like caricaturistic. Okay. And so that's okay. But in The Perks of Being a Wallflower, her American accent is, it just doesn't sound like a human. Pretty off. Yeah. But it's also bad in Little Women. It's it's only acceptable because it's a different time. And because she's kind of the like biggest prude of all of them. Sure. So. Except all of them have accents. Like right. Saoirse Ronan's from Ireland. Yeah. Florence Pugh is from the UK. She's from England, like Emma Watson is. And then the other one, I forget her name. She's Australian. Where's the Amy one from? That's Florence Pugh. She's British. Oh, that's Florence Pugh. Yeah. Oh, she's British. Yeah. Wow. So they all were able to pull it off way better than Emma Watson. Yeah. What's Laura Dern? She is American. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah. She's as American as McDonald's hamburger. Maybe not quite as much as, as Bob Odenkirk, but she right. still seems pretty American. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a weird pull. Yeah. It would be like,
1: imagine if they got someone, if they were like, hey, uh, Robert De Niro, how would you like, <laughs> like to be?
0: Yeah, who would be weirder? Daniel, no. D- Daniel Day-Lewis as the father in Little Women. No, that would be fine. Well, it's, it would be especially fine because he played Lincoln, and this is, like, taking place during the Lincoln administration. But he, but he has, like, three lines. Yeah, I guess. He's like, I love you girls, and I'm so happy to be uh, back. Well, not not girls. How are my little women? <laughs> he gets to say the title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: we, kept be, we, we kept watching the movie and saying things like, are the little women... in current little women time are they like and then we'd be like where's where are the other little women right now i know that this little woman is right here but i saw a funny i
0: saw a funny tweet that was uh greta gerwig had a lot of nerve making a movie called little women and then casting laura dern (laughs) yeah yeah it's true Well, I had no idea what
1: the story was about at any point. So I was kind of excited to at least now know the story.
0: And how about that scene between Scarlet Fever, between um, Saoirse and Timmy on the hill when he's saying, I love you. And like their chemistry is some of the best we've ever seen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I still haven't seen Call Me By Your Name. You should. Yeah. It's really good. Mm -hmm. Really nice Mm -hmm. movie. They shouldn't do the sequel, which they are doing. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Call me by your name. This time, I'm
0: calling you by your name. <laughs> uh, one more thing I want to say about, um, what's it called? Avenue 5. Yeah. The actor Andy Buckley, who we know best as David Wallace from The Office is in this. Yes. And that's a really good straight man. He plays a very good, discombobulated, secondary character in a comedy.
1: Yes. And his wife needs to
0: get the hell out of the show because she's so annoying. Oh, did you find her annoying?
1: Yes. In everything. She's shrill. I... I don't know if she she's someone who could find a new interest Mm -hmm. that will make her an interesting and funny character. But her complaining about everything, if that continues in every single show, yes, the way that it is in the first two shows, it's it's gonna I'm gonna check out.
0: But I trust HBO, so I think it might must get funny. I am going to recap the first episode of Star Trek Picard. Okay. I'm going to struggle to do it because I was having a really hard time like staying focused on it. Okay, wait, I, do we give do we give Avenue 5 R S? No. Neither do I. No, not that good. In fact, I might have been more generous to it until you said, I think it sucks, and then I realized I think it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after two episodes, like I was willing to to even give the kind of second episode um slaney stamp. It just has nothing I haven't seen before. Which yeah. is so dumb because it's supposed to be this really ambitious crazy premise yeah with really talented writers behind it yeah i'm gonna struggle with the with the recap of picard just i was like i was barely awake when i got home from work and i right. and i watched this but i'll I'll do my best to deliver everything that seems to appear on screen there's this, a lot going pilot. on too
1: because you also yeah. are kind of uh, in a weird way recapping what happened at the end of the star trek next generation i guess that's saga. true yeah saga all right we'll see what i can do in 30 seconds
0: all right you're gonna recap picard like i know you can and three, two, one. It's been about 20 years since we last saw Jean-Luc Picard. Uh, he is now retired and living on a vineyard of sorts on Earth and is experiencing some kind of like post-traumatic stress about the deaths of his many colleagues from Star Trek The Next Generation. He's seeing visions of data painting in a meadow. Uh, meanwhile, he's also kind of being brought back uh, from retirement because he is getting visits from this young girl who has some kind of like power and she's very dramatic and then she explodes Yes. Uh, so I think the idea is so she is a
1: synthetic like data right but she's more advanced than data right data was made by this other creator and two had to be made yes so one died exploded but then at the end of the season you see she's her sister is still alive building what is, I think, the new Romulus, which is, I think, where the Romulans lived. And that's how people died at the end of
0: Next Gen. I guess so. It's pretty gruesome when she dies. And surprising, because I wasn't really following exactly who she was to represent. I kind of thought she was going to be... Well, I mean, it's very easy. I said this to you off mic. It's very easy to draw comparisons between this and Logan. Yeah. For a couple of reasons. It's like a gritty reboot of this old sci-fi character we've known for a long time. Mm -hmm. It also stars Patrick Stewart. Right. And then there's this young girl who's clearly going to take on some of the mantle yeah from this aging retiree type character it's a lot of like similar tones here between those two stories uh and so i kind of thought she was going to be the main character she still is going to be to some extent this mm-hmm. dodge yeah um but it's just very different from what i expected and her face really catches on fire before she blows up and it's yeah. pretty brutal yeah you didn't like that it wasn't like it wasn't uh troubling to me but mm-hmm. i was like oh boy <laughs> here we go oh my um I was pretty entertained by this show. Oh, okay. I, I was into
1: it the whole time. Like, you know, it was, it was kind of like a, a short, short movie watch for me. Okay. am um, I don't know that I'll continue watching the whole thing, but I definitely give it my ass. All right. I, uh, I, I wasn't a next gen fan. We talked about that when we watched the first episode, but
0: I don't know very much about Star Trek. I've, I've said that a lot. I think that it's, If it wasn't called Star Trek, we wouldn't compare it so much to Star Wars. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's just that the names are similar. Right. Uh, They're obviously so, so different. Uh, For example, like, I find it interesting that they're constantly putting out new Star Trek series, and they seem to coexist with the Star Trek movies that J.J. Abrams does, although I don't really know what the status is of those, but they're not really canonically in the same universe. And they just seem to have like a much looser approach to creativity within the Star Trek uh, uh, operation mm-hmm. than they do with with Star Wars. And I find that a little jarring. And yet yeah. I also kind of find it quite freeing. Yeah. Like, I think it's cool that they were able to bring back uh, Patrick Stewart, who is by all means, like one of the best actors ever. Of course, he's one of the best actors to ever... Um, helm a Star Trek show. Oh, yeah. And that he wants to do that again is pretty cool. Right.
1: Yeah, he's like a Shakespearean actor. Yeah. Who came on board for this kind of chintzy sci-fi series.
0: So this is just a pure coincidence, but uh, for for no particular reason, I've started reading The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay Okay, which is a Michael Chabon novel okay. that won the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction in two thousand one. It's like a okay. very like esteemed novel, uh, and Michael Chabon is the showrunner of this show. Oh wow! Which is very interesting in its own. Like like one of America's great novelists has decided to like be the writer and producer of a, of a Star, Star Trek, Trek
1: CBS All Access show,
0: spinoff no less. Right. Yeah, and so <clears throat> that might be partly why you found it to be of a high class. Like yeah. it's a high caliber. This is not a schmaltzy show. No. No, and I really felt like they did a good job of
1: explaining what happened at the end of Next Generation. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, that's that's I guess how it all ended. And I and it, I I think the last scene might have actually been them playing cards or something. Like, didn't they kind of reference that after the dream sequence? Oh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I maybe I missed out on that. But a- anyway, the, there was there was the a, a movie after Next yep. Generation too, and I don't know if that. Is, seventeen years ago is the last time he played the character. Right. Yeah. Is that canon? Yeah. Okay. Wow. So it's only seventeen years. So two thousand three, there was a. Yeah. Wow. I feel like that was way more recent than I would have thought. I thought it was like maybe late nineties, but two thousand three. Well, the show was through the late nineties. No, I know.
0: And Star Trek: The Next Generation ran for a long time. I think. Mm-hmm. I think I could be wrong. Yeah, was, I think it was like a ten year run kind of thing. Alexa, how long did Star Trek: The Next Generation run?
1: There were 176 episodes of Star Trek, the next generation over seven
0: seasons. Seven. Seven seasons. That's pretty good. Yeah. Do you want to know Star Trek's net worth? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A couple of lines I thought were kind of good. This is, and speaking of, inside jokes he says i'm beginning to regret that i ever let myself be talked into doing this just kind of feels a little bit like this actor who doesn't need this (laughs) coming back for a reboot right but it's okay because he seems to be a good sport about it that was actually they didn't know the cameras were rolling at that point and that was (laughs) that was just patrick stewart saying that you know it was cool i liked that uh healing pen it's like yeah. a pen they used to heal the scar on, on Dodge's face.
1: Yeah. What they can do with CGI is a lot better now than what they could have done then. Totally. So I'm I'm down with, with watching Star Trek technology with new CGI.
0: I do give it my ass because I think that they are clearly striving to make something of a high quality here. Yeah. It's definitely not really up my alley. It's just too... It's kind of too slow paced for me, I think. I do think it's going to be pretty... Well, I mean, someone's face explodes in the first episode. I thought you'd find that, you know, titillating. I guess I don't have any investment in her or any of the characters for that matter. Sure. I mean, all the more power to you. I just, I'm never going to be drawn to Star Trek. I like that I I can pretty much count on it being a miniseries. Yeah, it's not going to run for another seven years. I don't think they're going to have another season of Star Trek Picard. Maybe not. He's got a dog. That's another thing. Yeah. Big, big... Uh, pitbull presence here do do we think the ears are supposed to be similar to spock's
1: uh, like <laughs> a romulan's ears is that
0: way i mean the dog just that the dog is named number one feels like <laughs> yeah. feels right. like it's like a spaceship kind of reference
1: yeah and is i i just heard this on the watch too that they said they liked that he was speaking french at one point because apparently his character is supposed to be french his name is Jean-Luc Picard. I understand that. But like yeah. his French was very like, there was no real accent there. And he's clearly a British man.
0: <laughs> Should he have a French accent? Should he like affect an accent?
1: Well, I mean, you got a lot of uh, a lot of uh, English watching, a- Anglo washing that
0: you have to do. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah, you got to go back quite a ways. Uh, Sure. Pretty good show. Yeah. Not too, too bad. Yeah. I don't think either of us are fawning over either of the shows this week. My problem is I'm not really fawning over any shows right now. It seems like a good time for, for Netflix or Amazon to put out something that they intend to be the big, like bingeable, buzzworthy show right. of the midwinter.
1: Or for that matter, put out something that... That is maybe B grade that people will find A
0: grade because of lack of choice right now. Oh, uh, this Friday on Netflix for everybody except for our American friends for whatever reason mm-hmm. licensing. Uh, Uncut Gems is going to be on Netflix. Yes, I did know that. Going to catch def- that. Definitely going to watch it this weekend. Mm-hmm. Pump for it. Yeah, me too. You still haven't seen Good
1: Time. Still haven't seen Good Time. Yeah, I guess start with Uncut Gems. That'll be your
0: your tester. Yeah,
1: because there's no way that it's like more intense than
0: Good Time. I think it's pretty intense. Yeah. It's my understanding that it's pretty like nerve wracking.
1: Yeah, that's what people say. I'm psyched
0: though. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think maybe I'm gonna skip Joker. All right We've had yeah, this we, conversation.
1: We've talked about it. I I still haven't seen it. I've got no desire to see it. I've
0: gone back and forth a lot, but I think that I've seen enough. I get the picture. Good for you, buddy. Right. You take what you, you
1: take what's yours, Joaquin. Yeah. You dethrone Heath Ledger.
0: Right. As is your i don't i don't think that's his mandate i don't i I don't think that's his goal i'm just joking but i have another layer for my walking phoenix as the joker meta commentary discussion my my verbal essay on what it means for him to play this character in this movie okay uh talk shows like talk shows are very prevalent through this for this movie right like Mm -hmm. and it like culminates with like a apparently pretty like brutal live televised event and that's kind of when he becomes the joker right and that also features robert de niro uh Joaquin Phoenix has a long history with being friggin' crazy on talk shows. Yeah, right. And this plays yeah. into it. Everything feels very meta with the Joker. Mm-hmm. And that I ha- kind of have to respect. Yeah.
1: Okay. I like that. I like that take.
0: I have no Will That Smith actually makes news me want to watch it more. I, well, I don't think it's a bad movie. That's that's what sucks. I want Joker to be a bad movie, and I bet it's not. It's that's probably, my, that's it's probably a decent watch. Yeah. I, well, I hope that's my only hope is that I watch
1: it and go, that was good. Yeah. Not oh man because that's the way a lot of people make it seem like you just it's such a bummer yeah oh i think it's a bummer yeah um you have no will smith news you still haven't seen bad boys three no we tried to we didn't really try but we were talking about seeing it last week it's got like
0: 78 percent on rotten tomatoes and that is a will smith a plus for me that's a big win for will smith yeah yeah but you haven't rushed out to see it which says i think maybe you have uh You've convinced yourself subconsciously that you can't enjoy a Will Smith movie. I cannot trust Will Smith. It must be that. That's that's probably true. I mean,
1: I don't know the last Will Smith movie that I enjoyed. I watched MIB International just to spite him.
0: It, which, was it terrible? No, it was okay. I've only heard like horrible it things was, about it. It, it. Trust me. If you watched it, you'd be okay with it. This is a bit of a hot take, but I didn't like Aladdin. Yeah, that is a hot take. It yeah. is. I thought it was like incredibly boring, and it's not his fault. He's the best part. Every other actor in it is wallpaper. That's an even hotter take. Yeah, is it? Well, it and is I'm in this just podcast. On this podcast. Yeah, I thought everyone else was like, "What? What are you doing? Casting these people in this movie? They're so uninteresting." Will, Will Smith? No, he was pretty good. Right. I don't trust myself. <laughs> Never trust yourself. Never trust sweets.